You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Luke 14, Luke 14. I wrote this message a month ago, telling myself this should probably be about a 25 to 30 minute message. And it has taken four weeks now, which just shows I've got no clue at all what I'm doing. So I need that pin that Brother Danny wears. I have no idea what I'm doing. Right in the middle of Jesus' ministry, he's walking through the streets, and he has a great multitude of people following him. What would make a lot of religious followers or religious leaders very happy to have a following of people. But Jesus stopped and turned around and didn't thank them for their attendance. But he asked them, do you really understand what it means to follow me? Luke 14, 25, there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth? Whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000, or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Anybody who says, I want to be a Christian, anybody who says, I want to be in this battle, You need to count the cost and consider very deeply and very clearly and very slowly the consequences of such a decision and make sure that you know exactly what you are getting into. We've been asking ourselves, what does it mean to be in? We've seen a lot of incredible things happen over the past few years of our church. I believe the best is yet to come. But if we have to say the best victories are to come, we also have to say the worst battles are to come. And I want to know who's in. Heavenly Father, bless the preaching of your word. Help us to take our time where we need to take time, but get through what we need to get through. But Holy Spirit, just move in in a way that only you can. There are many churches that are closed down tonight. We're open, and that's great, but we will do no more good than the ones that are closed down if you do not speak. 
and there are many that are open and you're not going to meet with them and they may as well have been closed. And we don't want to say that about Heritage Baptist Church. I'm thankful for your members who are here. Thankful for your people who are willing to fight even through the hard times. Willing to come even when they'd like to sleep. Willing to fight even when they're frustrated. Willing to love even when iniquity abounds. I'm thankful for the guests and visitors who are here tonight. You've brought them here for a reason. Whether they're local or whether they're here on vacation, I believe there's a message for them. And let them leave here knowing exactly what that message is. And if they're looking for a church home, please lead them and guide them to the right place where they can get involved and grow. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You can learn a lot of lessons from the story of Gideon. Remember, that's where we started with all of this. And the purging process that the Lord led the, the army of Gideon through. How many of you are afraid? And if you're not willing to have courage in the face of your fear, then you need to go home. 22,000 left. How many of you are going to focus on this battle and stay focused on this battle and realize you can't put your shield and your sword and your spear down when the enemy is right across the way? There is no recreation time. We're in a battle. How many of you are going to realize that? Another, oh goodness, how many was it? 11,700, I think it was, had to go home because they lost their focus. And then the 300 that were left had one major obstacle to overcome again. Will you fight God's way and not your own way? And along with all of the different lessons that you can find through that, the main lesson that I get from it is God says it is better to fight with 300 who are in than 32,000 that aren't. It's better to fight with a, a very small group who have counted the cost and are willing to stay than 32,000 who are just there because they think it's cool to be a soldier. But then there's, we also learn there's more to being in than just words. All of those 32,000 men at one point took an oath, if, if you will, to protect Israel against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. But then only 300 of them stuck. Being in is more than just words. It requires action. And a lot of the action that is required that Jesus brings out here is not necessarily adding things to your life. It's being willing to remove things from your life. I think I told you the story of the concert violinist who at a very young age became a very, very well-versed in her craft. I think she was 21 when she was traveling all around the world and being able to showcase her, her talents and her gifts. And somebody asked her, how did you get to your point in your, in your talent and in your gift? And her answer was planned neglect. I planned to neglect certain things in my life so that I could focus on my craft. I told myself, that when all of my friends were going to prom when they were 18, I was going to be home practicing. 
I planned to neglect those things. I told myself then when everyone else was partying in college, I was going to be practicing the violin. And now they're in jail and I'm in Madison Square Garden. But it was because she was willing to remove things from her life that she got to where she was. And when Jesus turned around and talked to those people, he said, how many of you are willing to stay if it means removing father and removing mother and removing spouse and removing your will and your way and removing compromise and removing taking the easy way out? How many of you are still in? How many of you are still in when the truth confronts your life? Do you remember when Jesus told those very religious people, I am the bread of life, and except ye eat my flesh and drink my blood? And they couldn't handle that. They said, this is a hard saying. And from that day forward, many turned back to where Jesus even looked at the disciples and said, are you next? Will ye also go away? Are you still in after you've counted the cost? Eight words we've been focusing on. So many words that we can give, but eight words that I prayed about for our church specifically. Before I give those eight words again, I guess I just want to ask you, today, July 16th, 2023, can you look back at a time in your life when you were closer to God than you were today? Can you look back at a time in your life when you had more joy in the Lord than you do today? Can you look back at a time in your life when you were happier in the Lord, not because of circumstances of the world, not because you had money in your bank account, but because you were right with God and you knew it. Do you remember a time when you were happier in the Lord than you are today? And if your answer is yes, we've backslidden. My answer would be yes, I do remember a time. Our excuses are many. Our reasons are many. Conflict, stress, life, family, money, struggles, sickness, illness, depression, whatever it may be. But if our answer is, yeah, I remember a time where I was closer. I remember a time I was more joyful, more happy. We've backslidden and we need to get back. We just talked to a very sweet young lady at camp this last week. A young lady, through her own testimony, has backslidden. And my wife asked her, when were you the happiest? And when were you joyful in your life? And this was her answer. Right in the middle of this series, this was her answer. I was happiest when I was in.
And when you think back to that time you were happiest and you had the most joy, was it not when you were reading daily? How many of you are doing some type of checklist right now? You're doing some type of chronological, traditional checklist, 90 day. That's great. That's great. But don't put too much stock in those, right? It's not about checking off a box. God would rather you read a verse and get something out of it than chapters and not get anything out of it. Some of you have started your 90-day checklist and you've fallen behind. And when you find be fall behind on the 90-day checklist, it's 13 chapters a day to get back. And you're thinking, I ain't catching up. Who said you had to catch up? Do you realize if you take twice as much time, you have just finished your Bible in six months. Who says you have to catch up? Just read, church. Just read. And when you look back at when you were the most joyful in the Lord, was it not when you were reading daily? Not because of any pressure, but just because you, just because you wanted to. And you've gotten away from that. And we've got to get back. Was it not when you were praying fervently? It's a shame some of the closest times we, are to, we have to the Lord are when he puts us in a position where we have to pray fervently. When we have to fall on our knees. And isn't it strange that some of the most stressful times according to our flesh are some of the sweetest times according to our spirit? Because we pray fervently. And we need to get back to that. But praying fervently isn't easy. It's a weariness of the flesh. I don't know if you have a desire to pray fervently every day, but I don't. It takes discipline. But those who are in, do it. Was it not when you were attending faithfully? When you were the happiest, was it not when you were attending faithfully? I didn't say you didn't have problems. You had problems. But you could pill your head at night knowing that you had obeyed. And there's a lot of things in this life that you cannot control, but you can control your obedience. And when you look back with a day full of problems, but you had read and you had prayed fervently, and you had attended faithfully, did you not have a peace that you miss? Was it not when you were obeying completely? When you were confronted with the truth and you said, Lord, I don't really understand that and I've never done it before. But yes, sir. Was it not when you were giving sacrificially? There's something special about giving to the Lord. There's a joy that comes with it. Being able to look at the one who owns everything and saying, I want to give you this anyway. And I want to give above and beyond. Not because I'm expecting fourfold back, but just because I'm so thankful for what you've done for me. Was that not when you were happiest? 
somewhere along the line, we've gotten away from that and we're getting stingy. Stingy with our time, our talents, our treasure. When I look back at the time I was happiest and the most joyful, it was when I was not only reading, I was reading daily. Not just praying, but praying fervently. Not just attending, but attending faithfully. Not just obeying, but obeying completely. Not just giving, but giving sacrificially. Was it not when you were witnessing, and not just witnessing, but witnessing constantly? It's not just about being a witness. It's about witnessing constantly. Other people can go to the grocery store without handing a tract to somebody. Other people can go to work without trying to work the Lord into conversation. Isn't it so interesting how we're able to work into conversation whatever we want to work into conversation? People in the world are experts at that. If they want to talk about something, they just bring it up. Why do we think that Christ is taboo? Why are we ashamed to bring him up? He's not hard to bring up. He's kind of our life. He's the reason we woke up this morning. It's as easy as, ugh, so hot out. Yeah, isn't the Lord good? I grew up in Chicago. You want that? Do you want, do you want to live in a place where the wind hurts your face? <laughs> this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's not difficult to be a witness. But more than that, we need to be a witness constantly. Let others go to school and not be a light. Let others go to work and not be a light. Let others go to the grocery store and not be a light. Is Miss Gloria here? Miss Gloria Thrasher, is she here? She was here this morning. Miss Gloria is here because a church member gave her a tract in the HEB cashier lane. Let others go to the hospital and not be a light. Do you realize how easy it was, ladies? How many of you visited Miss Rita? You visited Miss Rita. Do you realize how easy it was when I went and I prayed with Miss Rita? And she said, Pastor, it's so good to see you. The person on the other side of the curtain, when I walked by, I heard you're a pastor. I try. Will you please pray for my mom? Do you realize how easy it was to witness to her? Because she said this, so many incredible ladies have come and they've all been smiling and they've all been happy and they've all prayed over that lady over there. Let others go on Facebook Marketplace and meet with somebody and sell something or, or whatever and not be a light. Let other people have the mailman come and not give them a tract. Let other people have the UPS driver come and not give them a track, but not those who are in. Not those who are in. And here's what I hear. Well, we all can't be Abby Bingham. Where's she at? Oh, well, we all can't be Abby Bingham. She's just a, and she's, she's what, a Christian? No, we can't be that, can we? Oh, but she's extroverted. Yes, and the Great Commission was only given to extroverts. There's only a slight difference between introverts and extroverts. 
Introverts don't like people. People don't like extroverts. There's no, there's really not that big of a difference. Some of the greatest soul winners I've ever met were introverted people. Because they have to have boldness in order to do it. A lot of extroverted people can just rely on their talent, their gift of gab. I've heard, I've heard this, Pastor, I do witness everywhere I go, but I see no fruit. Miss Edie tells me that a lot. I give out tracts everywhere I go, and I don't know if I've ever had somebody come to church. And she gets discouraged. She will see one day in heaven how many people. Think of the parable of the sower and the seed. If we just go through straight mathematics here, 75% of the seed came to nothing. The vast majority came to nothing, but the sower's job didn't change. You sow everywhere, indiscriminately. Whether it's stony, whether it's thorny, whether it's wayside, or whether it's good, you sow, you sow, you sow. It did not change the sower's job. Even if Miss Edie never has somebody come to church, that's not her job. That's the Lord's job. But then again, you have no clue what fruit you have to your account. No clue. Ecclesiastes 11.1 1 says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in his sheaves with him. Doubtless, doubtless, doubtless. Love. The seventh word, love. We talked about that this morning. We're going to go, go at it again. But is it just love? Or is it love unconditionally? Yeah, that's what it is. Love unconditionally. One thing that we learn from the story of Gideon is that we are going to lose enough soldiers to fear. And we're going to lose enough soldiers due to a lack of focus. The last thing we need is to lose soldiers because we fail to love them. I'm sure those 300 all saw eye to eye. I'm sure those 300 all liked the same things and all disliked the same things. And you could get them all around the bonfire and they all agreed. No, but they had a common love for their Lord and for their country and for their purpose. And at the end of the day, when they were brothers in arms, it didn't matter. What mattered is that they had the same uniform and the same commander and the same goal. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, when ye have love for one another. But he qualifies it. He qualifies that love because we would complicate things. We would define love in our own way. Oh, love one another. The worldly love. You scratch my back, I scratch yours, Brother Danny. That's a horrible image. 
Moving on. <laughs> you give me an ice cream, I give you an ice cream. It's better. <laughs> no, he qualifies the love. As I have loved you. Love one another. That's how he qualifies it. By this shall men know that ye are my disciples. When you love the person next to you as I have loved you. Well, you don't know what the person next to me has done. What have you done to Jesus? I don't get along with the person next to me. Well, why are you sitting next to him? <laughs> I don't get along with the person next to me. I don't agree with the person next to me. And the person next to me has hurt me. And the person next to me has said this about me. What have you said about your Lord? As I have loved you, love one another. And Jesus loves with an unconditional and everlasting love. We will lose enough soldiers because of a lack of courage. We will lose enough soldiers because of a lack of focus. You know how many people leave churches because they don't feel loved? Anybody know who Sam Davison is? Sam Davison? He used to pastor Southwest Baptist Church up in Oklahoma. That's where Heartland Baptist Bible College is now. One, one of the most incredible expository preachers I've ever heard. If you don't know what expository preaching is, it's preaching. It's cool. Don't worry, don't worry about it. And I was listening to him the other day, and, and he was on a podcast, and somebody asked this. He's like, I, this, the person asked, said, I'm a young preacher, and I just, started, I just started my ministry. What is the one bit of counsel that you can give me and other young preachers. And he said this, I've been traveling now in what you would call evangelism for a long time. And he said this, any church that I have been to, any church, where there is a, commit, a commitment to preaching the word, not about the word, not opinion, but the word. Any church where there is a commitment to preaching the word obeying the Bible, soul winning, and loving people unconditionally. They're bursting at the seams. No matter their location, no matter their population, no matter the facilities, when there is commitment to preaching God's word, when there is a commitment to obeying the Bible, soul winning, and loving people unconditionally as Christ loved people, they're growing everywhere I go. Church, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Last word. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Die. But die what? Who said it? Die to self, yeah. Die to self what? Daily. Jesus said, whosoever doth not bear his cross. People knew what that meant. Bearing a cross was a one-way trip. By that time, you were already condemned. You were done. 
as soon as you picked up that cross, you were going to be dead. And he said, all of you are following me. That's great. How many of you will still follow me if it requires death? And he wasn't talking about physical death, though that is a possibility. He was talking about dying to your will, dying to your way. Did he not tell his disciples? Broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. When you are on the narrow path to discipleship, there is not room for you. It's too narrow. There is not room for you, your Lord, and your will on a narrow path. There's plenty of room for that on the Broadway, not on the narrow way. If you are going to walk on the narrow way, there is room for you and your Lord and his will. And that's it. As soon as you start to bring other things in, you're going to crowd it. You're going to get cramped. You're going to get stuck. There's a man in this room. By his own testimony, I think around two years ago now, he was ready to leave. He didn't see everything, didn't understand everything, ready to leave. I, I can't remember exactly how he said it, if he woke up one day or if he was struggling to sleep or if he was at work. I can't remember exactly what it was. He said, the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart and simply said, sir, this is not about you. And he started to argue with the Lord. And he said, sir, this is not about you. But I don't like, sir, this is not about you. Do you remember that? He's in here. If you want to stand, you can. We'll probably have like 10 people stand. <laughs> He's a good man, faithful man. You know what he did? He died. He died. Lee Robertson, as he traveled around the country when he was old, all he would preach is die to self, die to self, die to self. He told the story of a lady in church. He would tell the story all the time. A lady in church who she came on a Sunday morning and somebody was sitting in her seat. And so she goes up to Lee Robertson and says, that person is sitting in my seat. You know what he said? Ma'am, Die. She said, I won't be back. That night, he looked at where she usually was. She wasn't there. But then I looked up in the, in, in the balcony, and there she was. And she told him that night, preacher, I died. Here is all Jesus is saying. 
And here's all I have been saying over the past month now. There is no following Jesus without forsaking self. There is no following without forsaking. So think back. Think back how that works. And Landon, Brother Landon, you lived it out. Would you all just sit in the same spot? (laughs) You lived it out. You said, I'm loving the 90-day challenge, but it's not just what I'm getting out of it. It's what I've had to kick out of my life in order to read. There is no following without forsaking. If you are going to read daily, you got to forsake some things in your schedule in order to make time for that. You got to forsake your sleep. You got to forsake your other books. You got to forsake your shows. You got to forsake that. You got to forsake that in order to read and study. I don't, I don't know if you have the ability to just sit down and say, oh, okay, I'm in reading mode. Boom. It takes me like 15 minutes just to get into reading mode. How many times do you read a chapter and think, what in the world did I just read? <laughs> and, you're, and, and you go to mark it off and the Holy Spirit says, really? You're going to mark that one off. You're going to mark that one off. But it was Dodo begat this guy, and this guy begat that guy, and this guy. Why? Read it. (laughs) You know what that is? That's dying, church. That's dying. Hey, 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 hey. This is good. If you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to reread something that the Holy Spirit tells you to read, if you're not willing to do that in your pajamas, you're not going to stand up against persecution. If you're going to pray fervently, you've got to forsake stuff. How many times when you pray does your world sneak in? And your prayer to the Lord becomes planning your day. And you find yourself just, just, Lord, just, uh, just, uh, just, just, um, just, we say just all the time. Lord, just, uh, Lord, just, if, if, can you imagine if we talked to each other? You're growing a beard. When did that happen? (laughs) Can you, can you imagine if we talked to each other the way that we talked to the Lord? We'd get so annoyed, guys. If I wanted to ask Jeremy for $5, uh, Jeremy, just, if you could just, uh, Jeremy, um, you know, Jeremy, if you just uh, could uh, find it in your, uh, in your will, Jeremy, to, um, to, to visit me, Jeremy, and, and open your wallet, Jeremy, and, and reach into that wallet, Jeremy, and, and pull out not just a dollar, Jeremy, but, but two, and not just two, Jeremy, but you need to listen to some of your some of you guys when you pray. Oh Lord, if you know, Lord, we we Lord, um, we come here today, Lord, and we pray to. You. Well, no, duh, yeah. <laughs> if you if Peter prayed the way that some of you pray, he would have drowned. <laughs> oh Lord, we come before you this day just to uh, blah 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 blah. And you know what Jesus would have done? 
why I chose 12. <laughs> Lord, save me! Boom! <laughs> hey, if we're going to pray fervently, we got to focus. We got to forsake some things. If we're going to attend faithfully, we got to forsake some things. Oh, but the but the football game, they're going to lose anyway. They're going to lose anyway. You're watching the Cowboys, they're going to lose anyway. You can watch them lose later. And you get to skip the commercials then. You're going to have to give up some things. You're going to have to forsake some things. If you're going to obey completely, you've got to forsake some things. If you're going to give sacrificially, you're going to have to forsake some things. Oh, but the truck. You have a thousand years to drive a lot of different stuff in the kingdom, trust me. You're going to have to forsake some things. If you're going to witness constantly, you're going to have to forsake some things. If you're going to love unconditionally, you're going to have to forsake some things. The Bible says in order to love unconditionally, you have to be tender-hearted. You know what that means? It means opening up the heart that was hurt again. And church, if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to do that, you cannot be his disciple. And you will never be in. Oh, you'll be saved. But you'll never be in. We have to die to our way, die to our will, die to our wants, die to our wishes. And so must I. If we don't, unless we die to ourselves every day, unless we are willing to take up our cross, we will be doomed to live our lives every day seeking for what we want. And one day, horror of horrors, you'll get it. Church, I'm not perfect. But I'd wish you'd listen. My heart has been broken by a young person who got what they wanted recently. They're finding out what they wanted is not what they wanted. I don't know what the future holds other than battles. I don't know what to warn you against other than it's going to get difficult. And I want to know, do I have the 32,000 here or do I have the 300? Decisions need to be made, and they need to be kept. To read daily, pray fervently, attend faithfully, 
obey completely, give sacrificially, witness constantly, love unconditionally, and die daily. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.